There's nothing quite like getting that envelope in the mail, that piece of mail with your formal name written all the way out on it in nice print or calligraphy that hints at something special inside. And upon opening, you find, ah, that long-awaited invitation. Invitation to a special party, a wedding, a baby shower, a graduation celebration, a birthday gathering, you name it. Whatever kind of event it may be, an invitation to an exclusive party with a definite guest list. And any of you who's hosted any such party will attest, especially for a wedding, it's a lot of work, and it isn't free. And so it's just the nature of any kind of gathering like this. It's invitation only by necessity. The host can only invite so many, so the host has to judge. Who makes the cut? Who's in? Who's out? In one sense, judgment is just a part of life. We all judge to some degree because it's just how we process the world around us, how we make decisions between what is good and bad, what is right and wrong, and it's how we process the people around us. Judgment is an essential part of our survival based in perception, perceptions of past experiences, current experiences, and of understandings of the world of what we have been taught about people, about places, about things, and about what we have ourselves experienced about people, about places and things. And those judgments influence how we operate in the world and how we relate to others. Like where we live, where we work, who we associate with. Our ordinary lives are shaped by our judgments. But in this life, not all of our judgments are by necessity. We judge by assigning value to others so often to decipher the ends from the outs, from the worthy and unworthy, the important from the unimportant, the saved from the condemned. We put ourselves in the judgment seat. And yet, as we see today, with whom Jesus calls and with whom Jesus, to whom Jesus serves, God does not perceive and act in ways that our ordinary judgments and perceptions would lead us. Rather, God's perceptions and actions are simply extraordinary. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And so he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. 
Needless to say, this did not uh, conform to the cultural norm. It was nonsensical. Why would Jesus eat with those people? Now you have to understand, tax collectors were not just tax collectors. They were considered corrupt and dishonest. Sometimes maybe collecting more in taxes than was due for their own personal gain. So you can understand why in that culture tax collectors would be grouped in with other sinners. It's not a great group, right? They don't look like the most righteous in society. And yet, we see Jesus call today, not on the Pharisees, not on the temple leaders, or anyone who, have been, who would have been considered the in crowd, who would have been considered righteous. Jesus calls on Matthew, the tax collector, from right out of his tax booth to follow me. Peculiar at best, detestable at worst, extraordinary by every measure and every sense of the word. But it doesn't end there. We see later in today's gospel that Jesus is called by a synagogue leader to go to his house to bring his daughter back to life. And when he arrived, he said to those gathered in mourning, go away, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. They laughed. Because by their perception, by their understanding, nothing could overcome death. The girl was dead. That's that. But when the crowd had been put outside, Jesus did what Jesus does. Jesus went in and he took her by the hand and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout that district. Extra ordinary. For as important as judgment is, our judgments are not perfect. They are often skewed, often biased, often corrupt by limited understanding by incomplete knowledge, by negative experiences, by power and prestige, by selfish ambition and greed, by fear and paranoia. And we impose so often our judgments or even misjudgments in harmful ways, just like those in today's gospel. But as we are so clearly reminded today, for as important as judgment is, we are not the final judge. We are not the judges of people's worth in this life or beyond. God is our judge. God who does not perceive as we perceive, God who does not judge like we judge. And thank God for that. God sees the full picture of creation. God sees, perceives us for who we really are. 
God perceives without corruption, without selfish ambition or greed, without fear or paranoia, without incomplete knowledge or limited understanding, and without bias, except for one bias, purest love. Purest love with which God sees us as the people God made us to be. And no amount of trying to put God into our boxes, however much we may try, to limit what we believe God can do or limit who God can love will change what God does and who God loves. As Jesus says in the words of the prophet Hosea, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Mercy, as he showed for those sinners then. Mercy for us sinners now. Again, thank God for that. So just as God called Abraham to be the father of all nations, and as Jesus called Matthew from right out of the tax booth, to be one of his disciples. God invites all of us, all sinners for whom Jesus died, to follow, to join in the party. And as we heard last week, with the Great Commission, God tells us to go and invite others to join this party too. So, whoever you are, wherever you are, whoever you may be, whatever you do, however the world judges or misjudges you, you are invited to the party. You have your own personal invitation. Everyone is invited to God's party the most inclusive, most joyful party that never ends because the cost has already been paid once and for all. And that is extraordinary.